We're actually talking about the, the book of Matthew. We've been, we've been following along, and if you would like to catch up, if you haven't uh, seen some of those, you can just go on our, our YouTube page or our Facebook page, and you can catch up on where we're at. Uh, right now, we're going to be covering five, uh, chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. Now, Jesus, just last week, we talked about how he was talking about what's... Uh, we, we call it the, the Beatitudes. We call it the blessings. And Jesus is talking about um, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful. And what he's doing in that is he's actually kind of, he's kind of counteracting the, uh, the, or contradicting uh, language of, of tradition. Because in, in this time, if somebody were poor or, or hurting or on the outside, it was often believed that they were, they were cursed in some way, like they had angered God in some way. And so Jesus is talking, uh, his, his very words are starting uh, almost a, um, a revolution of sorts, where he is saying, actually, no, uh, those folks, the, the poor, the ones, that you, you, the ones you have, have deemed as cursed, those are the ones that God is giving the kingdom of heaven to. Those are the ones that are in. You, the ones that you say that are out, I'm telling you that they're in. And so just in that conversation alone, he's already got people that are listening to him thinking, this sounds radical or this sounds uh, weird or this is, this is a new kind of thing and I'm not sure if I like that or anything like that. And so in this verse, he tries to reassure him a little bit. We'll read this. He says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And then this is the catcher here. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about things that people are already thinking radical, and he's actually saying, no, I'm not talking about things that are radical. I'm actually talking about scripture itself. I'm actually talking about the Word of God itself, and it's you guys that have been misrepresenting it all along. Now, the Pharisees were not, they weren't uh, like priests or anything, but they were religious leaders at the time. They were people that, today we might, we might see them as uh, um, uh, Bible study teachers or uh, uh, people that, uh, uh, you know, uh, preach or teach in groups and things like that, but they were, they were even more respected than that. They were, thinking, they were thought of as people with, with authority when it came to the, the biblical text. And Jesus is saying, in order to actually uh, be one of the, the, the people of the kingdom, you actually have to be better than they are. And what he's doing is he's going to point out the fact that there are people that are in high positions that kind of have taken advantage of that over the years. In other words, like allowing us to think that people on the outside are cursed or that God doesn't love them. Jesus is saying, no, the exact message of the gospel is about love. And all of the commandments are about love. So your commandments that you have been following, and this is from Leviticus, Deuteronomy, this is all Old Testament stuff. Uh, some of it is, is the Ten Commandments, but there's other rules and things like that. And he is saying, no, you're, you're forgetting the, the message of that, the, the heart of that. The, the Pharisees have loved to, to kind of walk the earth and be very strict 
about just the words. They're only seeing the black and white words, and they're saying that people that don't follow them are cursed. But Jesus is saying, no, there's something even more to that. You're, you're, to just follow the strict rule is not truly following God. Because God's not just about the strict rule or the action. God is about the heart. And if your heart ain't in it, you could be in trouble that way. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that too. But he follows with, with this. This is the first thing that he attacks. This is actually like Jesus' first, um, in, in the book of Matthew, his, his first and only real like sermon that he's giving. And so these are the important things during this time that he is wanting to make sure that people understand. And he just opened with talking about how people on the outside or considered cursed in this world are blessed. And now he's just throwing it out there and saying that we have to be better than the Pharisees are right now. And he takes it even up a notch with this verse here. He says, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool you will be liable to the hell of fire. Now, Jesus did exaggerate many times. And so when he was saying uh, liable to hell fire, he's actually talking about uh, a specific place where people would throw their trash and their dumps and they would burn it. And he was talking about that kind of stuff. He, he talks like we do. Remember that. He talks like do, we do. So if he says, you know, if you do this, you're liable to hell fire, he's not just condemning people right then and there by saying, if you're mad, there's no, there's no way that you're going to be able to get out of this because you're, I'm condemning you to hell. He's, he's not doing that, but he is trying to make his point that this is really a troubling thing, that if you are angry at somebody, it's almost as bad as wanting to murder somebody. The first thing that he's pointing out here is the hypocrisy of some of the religious leaders. Now, a lot of the religious leaders and a lot of the people that considered themselves religious that only followed just the dotted line thing, like sometimes we, we take biblical scripture and we'll just take one word and we'll just post that or we'll put that to, to, to um, uh, back up an argument that we have or to try to win a debate with just the one sentence when actually there's an entire story around the, the whole thing. And Jesus is saying, you're not reading the story. You're not reading the whole thing around it. When you say that you don't murder anybody, that doesn't mean that you're not a jerk. That doesn't mean that, you know, there's a lot of religious leaders right now that are saying, I haven't killed anybody, but they still treat people really poorly. They still do not love their neighbor. They still make sure that the people that are considered outsiders remain on the outside. They're still telling people that they're cursed. And Jesus is saying that when we treat people like that, it's just as bad as if you were to kill them. It's just as bad as if you were to murder them. Because the whole idea of that commandment of not murdering is the, we're supposed to do the opposite of that. And the opposite of murdering somebody is allowing somebody to live. In other words, to live as their honest self, to be who they are. That is what we're supposed to do. 
We're supposed to look beyond just the text and see what the meaning of it is. Jesus didn't want us just to go around and kill everybody. He wants us to go around and love everybody, to be there for people. And that's where he's saying you've got to be better than the Pharisees themselves. These religious leaders that are still condemning people, still hurting people, still using their power to harm people, still trying to use the word of God to condemn people, those are the ones you've got to be better than. Because those are the ones that are missing the point. He's, he's saying in this, in this thing here, you're liable to judgment if you remain angry with somebody, if you insult somebody, insulting somebody is just as bad as now as it was then. It is saying that they are somebody that they're not. And when you call somebody a fool, the reason that the fool part is the, the biggest one is because sometimes what we do is we take our anger and we use it as judgment. Our anger suddenly is used as a power grab where we propel ourselves higher than the people around us and we start to say that they are less than, that they are not worthy of something. It's easy to do when we're mad at somebody. And Jesus is saying that's the biggest mistake that we can make because what he's introducing here in this sermon is radical love. It's a love that is so, so radical. He's telling people, no, it's not about us and them. It's not about the inside or the outside. I'm telling you right now that I, Jesus, am here for everybody. And until you realize that, until you realize that, you're not getting it. And sometimes... Sometimes it's our anger that actually blocks us from seeing that. He, he goes on when he's talking about this and he's saying, you cannot be at odds with somebody. If, if you're on your way to, to, to the temple, if you're on to, your way to church, if you're on your way to, to worship God, you have to, you have to make peace with your anger first. He's saying if, if you are with somebody and the two of you are at odds and you're bringing your, 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 your things to the temple, you've got to settle it before you bring those things. He, he's even telling them that if, if you are walking to the temple with your offering and you get to the offering, but you are still at odds and arguing and fighting with a neighbor, drop your offering and go back home and settle things and then come back. And the, where he's talking, it's a long way from that temple. And he's saying it's that important to make that trip, to solve the problem, to get things resolved before you come and worship God. Now, a lot of people, they, 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 uh, they talk about this and they think about that, uh, that what Jesus is saying is that angry, anger is a sin. And he's not. He, he is not talking about that. God gave us every feeling that we have. For whether it's mad, sad, glad, hurt, afraid, ashamed, those are actual gifts that God gives us as a measure of how we're doing in our lives. And when we have anger as something that is a measurement, it usually is a telltale that we have to resolve something. It's usually something like if you have uh, that check engine light on in your car, 
You, you'd be like me and you'll ignore it until something goes bad. And, but it's a warning that something is going to get progressively worse if you don't tend to it now. And that's what anger can be for us. What Jesus is saying is that being angry at somebody is not a sin. Failing to resolve it, though, can get in your way of seeing the blessings that are in your life. The reason he's talking about how we have to resolve things before we go to God and worship God is because if we are so uh, polluted with our anger and our rage, then by the time that we get to church, we're not, we're not really there in a place where we focus on the blessings in our lives. We're not really in a place where we focus on the good things that God is giving us because we're so overwhelmed by the anger that we have. And Jesus is warning us that that anger can infest and pollute different things in different areas in our lives. If, if, we're, if we're at work and say that uh, a coworker uh, says something or does something that just bugs us and we continually get bugged by it and we get mad about it and we get mad at our coworker, we get in a fight with our coworker, and then we take that and it's unresolved. The, the, the bell goes off, we get to leave work, we get into traffic, and now we're looking at all the cars and we're thinking that everybody's a jerk and the people that are going the speed limit are going way too slow, the people that are speeding are going way too fast, and the people that are just, they're in your way, you try to go to the store and pick up groceries before you go, and you hate people around you because you're just so mad, and you get home, and the next thing you do is that your loved ones are there, and you just give them a surly look, you're grumpy, and everything around you, you just don't want to have anything to do with, and you just take that anger, and you feed it to everybody around you. And then the next thing you know is that the people that you now love are feeling the effects of an argument that you had where they weren't even involved in. And that's what Jesus is warning us about. If we do not work to resolve our anger, we can spread the anger without even a reason. We can, we can spread it and make people feel upset or uncomfortable without even really knowing the source of why this even happened in the first place. And that can feed on us. Year after year, day after day, it can feed on us when we have things that we have not resolved in our lives. It can affect the way that we see the world in our lives. It can affect our very outlook of our lives. It can make an optimist very, very pessimistic. It can make us expect the negative rather than look for the positive. Anger in our lives that goes unresolved can hurt others around us, and it can really, really hurt ourselves. And that's what Jesus is warning about. When he's talking about that you shall, shall not murder, and he's talking about angry, uh, he is talking about the hypocrisy of the religious leaders, but he is also giving a warning about this is something that you have to work through, otherwise it's going to poison the things around you. If you have something in your life where it can be resolved, resolve it. If you have an argument with somebody, we live in, a, in the Midwest, and oftentimes we don't like to express our feelings very much. And if somebody does something that bothers us, we may not say something at first, and then they might do it again. And we'll, we'll get angry again, but we won't say anything. 
And then by the third or fourth time that somebody does something, we explode at them because we've been carrying all of this stuff for so long. We've taken this little tiny thing and it's grown inside of us. And then we attack that person and say, you always do this. You're always doing this. And the person has no idea that they've even done anything. We have to deal with things when they're still small in our lives, if we can. If somebody does something that hurts us, makes us angry, makes us uncomfortable, Jesus is saying it's better to just say how you're feeling when you're actually feeling it. If a coworker does something, it's, it's much better to try to have that conversation than to take that and build it and take it home with you. If you are feeling angry, what Jesus is saying is feel it, express it, talk about it, resolve it. Anytime that you, it's just like, the, again, the check engine light on your car. The more you try to ignore it, the more the problem is going to get worse. And 2,000 years ago, this wise man on this little hill talking to all these people knew psychology. He knew what it meant to hold on to feelings and how much damaging that can be. Because when we hold on to our feelings, we're not only having the risk of killing the mood of people around us, we're slowly killing ourselves because we become more bitter. We become more angry. We, we have all seen people that have been in, in unhappy situations, whether it's their home life or their work life. And we see that they have changed where they used to be positive, loving people, and they just become these bitter people. And no matter what the conversation, they usually give the negative of whatever the situation can be. If, if you get apple pie, they'll say they hate apple pie. They cannot see the happiness because they are so overwhelmed and burdened by the unhappiness. And yeah, sometimes it is easy to talk about those things. Sometimes it is easy when they are small things to talk about. But Jesus also knew that sometimes there are situations where it's harder to talk about, where you don't get that resolve, where, where talking about it to a coworker could actually get you into trouble. Uh, we, we know that. And that's where Jesus gives us other people in our lives to talk to. Uh, we like to call it venting, but it's not really venting. Uh, because the whole idea is that if I'm in a situation where if I express myself, it's going to make me lose my job, it might be easier to go to somebody, a family member, and just say, I just need to talk. I need to talk about how I feel. The important thing here is to talk about how we feel. If something has happened to you this morning that has made you livid, please talk about it. Tell people how you feel. If you need to scream, scream. Oh, I just heard a scream there. If you need to yell, yell. If you need to talk about it, talk about it. But Jesus is saying, resolve that so that you can get back to seeing the good things in your life, the blessings in your life, the things that matter in your life. Talk about it. And if you are in a situation that is harmful to you, that cannot be resolved, walk away from it. It's about protecting yourself so that you can protect others around you. It's about, remember, the commandment is do not murder. The opposite of that 
is to allow people to live. And that means allow people to live their honest self and allow people to live a happy life. That means that the people that we are in uh, argument with, if it's a situation where the best thing, the more you meet with this person, the worse it gets. You try to talk about it. You, you've, you've tried to talk about it in, in front of uh, professionals and, and counselors, and it's just not being resolved, or you're feeling damaged each time, or you're in an abusive situation, it's okay to protect yourself and walk away from that. Jesus is, I want to stress this very importantly, Jesus is not telling you that every single person that has done you wrong, you must resolve it with that person. He's not saying that. He is saying, though, that there are other ways that you can resolve it. And one of those ways is God himself. Praying about it and walking with God, knowing that you are loved by God, will give you strength to help hopefully resolve it however you need to resolve it. A lot of times, it is about just having a conversation with somebody. A lot of times, it is just about having that talk with somebody. We, we fear sharing our, our feelings, but what Jesus has been saying, and he will continue to say as we follow him, is to say what you feel, when you feel it, and move forward. Then, then you will understand what is around you. If there are things that are getting in the way of you seeing the world in a more positive light, there might be some things that need to be resolved. Now, I understand it's easy to go on social media, look at the news, and just get uh, drained. But some of us, we, we have that phone and we just keep strolling and we keep getting that negativity and we keep getting that stuff in there that just either scares us, makes us livid, or just horrifies us. And we just keep feeding ourselves with it and we feed ourselves with it. And then we don't do anything about it. And then we wonder why the rest of our day has a little bit more of a negative side to it. If you do see something that bothers you, I pray that you can find people that you can share that with whether it's somebody that is directly in your life or somebody that's on a screen. And you can just say, I'm scared about this. And what Jesus is trying to warn us against is not by saying, you fool. That's not the resolve. It's not the resolve to turn our, our anger into hatred or blame. What Jesus is saying is that it's when we feel something Talk about the way that you feel. Because sometimes what we try to do by resolving is we love to say, you did this. You're the problem. You're the fool. And that's where Jesus is saying, you'll be condemned that way. And I don't believe that Jesus is saying that if you call somebody a fool that you are going to hell. But I do believe that he's saying that if you go around continually just blaming others and making villains and making enemies and not seeing people as people, you will continue to live your life in a very hellacious way. You will continue to not see the good. You will continue to build on hatred which can turn to bigotry, which can turn to you making yourself uh, superior in order to try to feel better. 
Be real. The opposite of murder is allowing yourself to live. And that means living honestly. That means saying, this is how I feel. Or this is how I felt. You, you may not have realized this, but that hurt me. Or, or that uh, makes me kind of, that makes me angry. And have those conversations with one another. And be able to, to say the, the, some of the things that are going on in the world right now. They make me feel this way. Not, not come home and just say, they're a jerk, they're a jerk, those are idiots, those are fools, I hate them, I hate them, and that hatred grows. But say, I feel, I hurt, I'm scared, I'm angry. And the more that we can do that, the more that we can settle those things, the more that we can express those things, the closer we get to re resolution and the closer we get to seeing the joy of God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and, and loving God, you are, you are an advocate. You are a friend. You are someone that we can talk to. You welcome us no matter how we feel. You encourage us to feel, and to be our honest self. Whatever our honest self is this morning, whatever our honest self is the time that we're watching this right now, whether it's pleasant, happy, joyful, la, 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 or whether it's, help us just share that with somebody. Help us to share ourselves in a supportive way and help us to see others in a supportive way. Help us resolve and help us move forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. However you are feeling today, I, I really pray that you uh, get into a habit of asking yourself, how do I feel today? How do I feel right now? And I, and I really hope that we get into a habit of asking each other, how do you feel? And expect not just the fine, but actually an honest answer. If we care about each other and love each other, that means that we know that we all have multiple feelings, and our feelings are blessings. They, they, are, they give us a window into what's actually going on in our lives. They, they tell us whether something needs to be addressed, or something needs to be talked about, or something needs to be celebrated. Whatever you're feeling today, I pray that you acknowledge it. I pray that you own it, and I pray that you share it. Love God, love yourself, and love your neighbor. Amen.